Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. It is time for the review of the week, and the review of the week is not only an amazing way for you to help me spread the message that all people who run have runner bodies, but it is also your chance to be entered into a lifetime lottery to win a totally free masterclass from me. And this week's winner is Brooke May Miller. So because Brooke May Miller is the review of the week winner, she gets to send me a DM at Serena Marie RD or an email Serena at Serena RD.com and claim a completely free masterclass of her choosing over hundred dollars in value. So it's a really cool prize. And as Brooke's uh, message conveys, your review of the week can be short and sweet. You don't have to write a novel. So Brooke said, this is perfect for athletes. This is a great podcast on how to fuel yourself well for runners and for athletes alike. Thank you so much, Brooke, for taking a few moments of your time to leave a review. It helps the podcast grow. And you are our official winner of review of the week. So send me a DM, send me a message and claim your prize. You're stuck alone with me today. I am going to be chatting with you all about my Marine Corps marathon training experience. It is the middle of June right now, um, and I am on around week two of building some serious base. I kind of did a month of easing back into running after injury. And now I would say I'm kind of actually working on building base mileage and building speed. But before we dive into where I am at right now, I really want to talk about my training goals for this marathon um, training cycle. Because I think a lot of times when we think of training goals, it often has to do with numbers. It has to do with PRing or course PRing or hitting a certain pace. It has to do with maybe changing your body weight or your body size. And as we all know, I am not a fan of weight loss or intentionally changing our body. I am a big fan of you feeding yourself the amount of food you need to be the best athlete you can be, exercising in a way that supports you achieving the level of fitness that feels best for your body, and then learning to work on accepting your body where it's at. So my marathon training cycle goals have nothing to do with numbers. They have nothing to do with pace or speed or PRing, um, nothing to do with changing my body, and everything to do with kind of really, in my mind, the way I'm seeing this is really kind of completing, um, really kind of circling back to my eating disorder recovery and really working on healing this final piece of my relationship with movement that I have been avoiding. Now, I have heard that if you have an eating disorder, you never can be fully recovered from it. And I kind of think that's true. I do think there's a lot of thoughts and um, 
preoccupations that sneak up on me that I know how to talk back to at this point in my recovery that I think other people who've never struggled with an eating disorder maybe don't even have that awareness. So I can kind of agree with this whole idea that if you've had an eating disorder, if you've struggled with disordered eating, you're never 100% going to be unaffected by those thoughts. And I think I can agree with that. But this relationship with movement is kind of the final piece of the puzzle that I really have not worked on. So for those of you who are maybe new here, my history with food and running is very toxic. I started running when I was 13 because I wanted to lose weight and sort of used running um, as a way to purge and get rid of calories um, and in addition to other other ways of kind of purging calories. But running, one of the reasons I started running was to burn energy, burn calories so I could eat more, so I could lose weight. And for a long time, exercise in general was a means for me to manipulate my body, shrink my body. Now, that is compounded with the fact that I started running when I was a freshman in high school. I joined my um, cross-country team on my high school when I was a sophomore, and I didn't have a a lot of friends at that point in my life. And I joined cross-country, and I kind of got labeled as one of the fast girls. And kind of being good at running really gave me a lot of confidence and an identity that that I never had before. And I liked that feeling and that's something that really stuck with me through my 20s was being this girl who would, you know, win her age group or win, you know, place in her age group and was a fast girl and was speedy and all of this, you know, commentary essentially around how I was a strong runner, I was a fast runner, I was a good runner really led to this belief that part of my self-worth and my value is tied up in my, my pace and my speed. So flash forward to, you know, COVID times, lockdown times, 2020, when races kind of went away. And at that point, I was a few years into healing my relationship with food and not dieting anymore and not, you know, trying to intentionally shrink my body. Um, I also started to realize that a lot of my relationship with movement while it was healed, I was no longer running as a way to burn calories or to lose weight. I realized that I still felt very tied to this identity of being the fast runner. And when races were kind of off the table during lockdown, I started to realize how I was feeling very like panicked that I didn't have this piece of my personality anymore, this piece of my identity anymore. And um, I I think I really realized that as I lost fitness during lockdown because I wasn't going to the track, I wasn't doing speed workouts anymore, I wasn't lifting anymore because the gym was closed, um, as COVID started to – you know, lockdown started kind of to – the world started opening up again and I started trying to kind of revisit speed work, I realized I had lost a lot of that speed. And this was very triggering for me when I realized that I was no longer the same speed I used to be. um, This felt really traumatic for me, really, really traumatizing for me. It really felt like I had lost a lot of my identity, a lot of my self-worth. And I felt very like vulnerable to be training for half marathons and to feel like I couldn't hit the paces I wanted to. 
So I signed up for a marathon in 2021. And my goal with the marathon was just simply to run it and to just kind of get used to the endurance, the the mileage again, because I hadn't done a marathon since 2015. And that felt like a safe way to kind of start to train for races again, because um, I really felt very comfortable with that decision of not trying to pursue a certain speed or doing speed work during marathon training. That felt like a really um, a decision that felt comfortable and aligned with my my goals at the time. Okay. Anyway, you're like probably falling asleep over there listening to my story, but really the point being is that. I have not trained for a marathon with speed work. I have not shown up in a structured way following a plan in many years. And that is because whenever I would do it and I would notice I wasn't hitting the same paces I used to be able to hit, it felt like this huge hit to my ego. It felt really, really um, defeating and I didn't like that feeling. And so I avoided it. So flash forward to now, 2023. I am training for a marathon and my intention this training cycle, I'm calling it my healed runner girl era, is to really work on healing my relationship with training, right? Training is not just simply going out and going for a run. It's about having that structure, having those hard workout days and those easy workout days. It's about really having this be a priority in my life. And I'm really trying to make it a priority, make training a priority for me without it becoming an obsession. Because in the past, exercising was an obsession because I was obsessed with controlling and manipulating my body. I'm trying to figure out this training cycle, how to make it a high priority for me without it feeling like it's all consuming, right? I think it's okay for training to be the top thing on your list of things to do. If you're in that season of life, that's perfectly fine. Um, It's fun even. However, I don't want it to feel like if I have a bad workout or I skip a workout that I'm a failure or I'm doing something wrong or to feel really triggered by that. So that so that is kind of really the overview the vo- overview of the goals that I'm setting for myself this training cycle. So, more specifically, what am I working on? I think these goals are really interesting because I think it's really different than what we hear oftentimes when we think about setting marathon goals or any kind of race goals. And one of my most important goals is actually healing my relationship with morning movement. I used to work out Uh, First thing in the morning, fasted on empty belly, would wake up before work and head to the gym, head out for a run. And I think exercising in the morning is amazing. I am not knocking it in any way, but the way I used to do it where I would barely sleep, I would barely eat, and I would force myself to work out when I was so burnt out and undernourished, that is not good. I am not trying to go back to that. And yet, whenever I set the intention to wake up early to exercise, I do feel very – my body like remembers those days of under eating and over exercising and not sleeping enough. And it feels very scary for my body. It sounds so dramatic, but my body feels afraid of morning workouts. And in 2021, when I trained for Chicago, I'll never forget this. It was a very hot summer and I was going running at like, you know, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock. And my husband was like, why don't you go running in the morning before it's hot outside? Right? Like kind of trying to very like 
suggest a very obvious solution um, to like the 100 degree days. And I snapped at him. I was like, don't tell me when to go running, you know? And I, I, I kind of realized in that moment, the reason I had such a visceral reaction to that suggestion was to me, early morning running meant running underfed, running when you haven't eaten enough, when you're hungry, running before, you know, you really have gotten enough sleep. And I really have had to reframe it this training cycle to be like, you can still get eight hours of sleep. You don't have to wake up at the crack of dawn because, you know, I have that flexibility in my schedule where I don't have to at this season in my life. And I can make time. I can make time to prioritize drinking my sports drink, eating my breakfast, um, doing my warm-up before I head out the door. I don't have to make the same mistakes that I was making in my 20s. And as obvious as that is, it, it still is something that I'm struggling with, especially on speed workout days. I'm going to get to that in a moment, where my body feels very afraid that I'm going to start, you know, slipping into old habits um, and running fasted, running, running underfed, um, running before my body's truly ready to do a workout. So that's one of my number one goals is working out in the morning. Um, and it's been going really well. I have been making time for the warm-up and the food um, before I head out the door. And I have felt great starting my day off with that workout. And today actually was a rest day. And I felt kind of weird and like almost like awkward not having my morning workout. Um, I woke up. I was like, what do I do? Um, so that's that's actually going really well so far. So that is goal number one. Goal number two is to reintroduce speed workouts into my training. So as you have gathered, speed workouts can be very triggering. When I I started running in high school, so the way I kind of learned how to think about running is very numbers-based because we would have a track at high school. So we would do – when we did speed workouts, it would be 400-meter, 800-meter, one-mile repeats around the track. Um, we did everything very miles based. So go run five miles, you know, go um, run, you know, three by one mile repeats. Like we did everything very numerical. And so that's kind of the way I always just have thought of training. And I, I, even though I've like, I've attended classes on becoming a running coach, I've read books, I know there are other styles of training where you're not paying attention to pace, you're not paying attention to numbers. It's like the logical part of me knows that. But whenever I would start to train, I would automatically for my body, for me specifically, would go into this mode where I would get very numbers focused. How many miles am I running this week? What pace am I running? What pace am I running my my repeats? I need to go to the track in order to do a speed workout. I had this very like rigid set of rules around what training to get faster looked like. And so as I kind of thought about my goals during my healed runner girl era, I wanted to heal my relationship with speed work. And this was something, this is something that's very important to me because I, I do love speed work. I love the track when I'm not scared of it. I love that feeling of pushing yourself and giving it all you got. Um, there's so much about speed work I do love 
when I'm not using it as a tool to judge my self-worth, right? Like the physical act of speed work is so fun for me. I really enjoy it. Um, It's just when I start to beat myself up and my self-talk becomes affected by the pace that I'm running, that part is not so much fun. So when I decided to heal my relationship with speed work, I was considering getting a running coach. And the reason I was considering this was because I wanted to get away from this way of approaching movement where it's very numbers-based. I wanted to kind of um, assign that part of thinking about it to somebody else so that my eating disorder brain didn't get activated. And at the same time, I also felt very triggered at the idea of having a coach. Um, having a coach and having all that external accountability makes me feel like, what if I let my coach down? Um, what if I'm not good enough? I think there's a little bit of the high school. Um, my coach in high school was wonderful, but you know, obviously she would push you and she wanted you to do well. And, you know, she would say things, um, sometimes that, I think I internalized um, as being very harsh, even though now in retrospect, I'm like, she was just pushing me. Um, And so anyway, my point being is I feel too sensitive right now to hire a running coach. It is something that I think I would like to do in the next year or so. I'm not putting a timeline though on my healing. It might, I might need more time than that. So what I ended up doing instead was I'm kind of doing a hybrid approach to hiring a running coach. I um, purchased one of the Track Club Babes um, plans and that way I can email her for um, coaching advice if I need any. She has a little Facebook community that I can be a part of. And also her workouts, the way she writes her workouts are not written the way I had previously trained when I was in high school with my coach. So everything is written in a much more loosey-goosey fashion, like sprint for 30 seconds. You know, that's something I never have done before. It's always been do a 200-meter lap. It's never been sprint for 30 seconds, sprint for three minutes, running off perceived exertion. These are all things that are really based on how I feel versus, you know, this very numerical run 400 meters and hit this pace. And it's been really interesting and it's been really good for me. It's only been about two weeks and I can already tell that I am having so much fun with this and it is so much harder for my eating disorder brain to get activated when I don't have a perfect number that I'm aiming for. So I kind of actually want to bring this back to the way I coach nutrition. And I think this is why I'm like, having so much fun with this is I can draw the parallels between the way I started to heal my relationship with food, the way I have helped hundreds of women heal their relationship with food, and now how I'm healing my relationship with exercise. So when somebody comes to learn how to eat um, with food freedom as a runner, you know, a lot of times we have this background of thinking of food in this very numerical way, right? How many calories can I have, right? What's the number of calories? What's the number of macros? What's the number of servings? What is the serving size so I can measure it? What is the total amount of calories, macros, points that I can eat for a day? It's very numbers focused. And what happens when I'm teaching somebody how to become a food freedom athlete, what I did when I taught myself 
is I take all of the numbers out of nutrition and really start to focus on questions that you can ask yourself to tap into how you feel when you're eating food. And so um, I share with my clients these four questions that we use to replace all of the calorie counting noise or the macro counting noise or the point counting noise. And so that is kind of what I'm noticing the way um, the the Kim writes her running plans is that it's not, you know, run 200 meters at X pace, run one mile um, three times at X pace. It's very much like figuring out how you feel. So she she says things like practicing how to get your cadence up, practicing how to take more steps per minute when you're running. What does that feel like? Practice that. Practice that feeling rather than aiming for a certain pace. Practice, you know, the practice the perceived effort that is between your 30-second sprint you did in week one and the three-minute sprint you did in week one. Do something in between today. So I'm really starting to learn how to pay attention to my body. And because the sprints are um, time-based in like 30 seconds or one minute or 30 minutes, I'm not looking at my watch thinking I need to hit this certain pace. I'm instead just allowing my body to gauge, well, what is the effort I can give for three minutes? Like what is sustainable for me? And that's what I'm putting out there. And so I'm really building something called attunement with my body. Attunement is when you can kind of sense what your body needs. You don't need an external rule or an external guideline. When my clients are graduating, they don't need me to say, hey, I think you should start with a fist and a half of cooked rice, right? Day one of nutrition coaching, I'm giving you these gentle guidelines and I'm giving you the four questions so that you can take the guideline of adding a cup and a half of rice on your plate, using those four questions to figure out how did that feel? How how did I feel an hour after? How did I feel while I was eating it? And taking all that information to make sure that eventually you have such attunement with your body where you don't need me to tell you how much. You can be like, you know what? I'm not hungry today. I'm going to have a cup of rice. But then in an hour, if I feel hungry again, I'm going to have a snack and I'm going to have a handful and two handfuls of pretzels. Like you can figure that out on your own because you're attuned. And that is what I'm learning is really how to get back into attunement with my body rather than leaning on these external um, race pace um, a race pace or or training paces to guide me. And it's been really cool and it's been very healing. I can feel the healed girl running era vibes all around me. So I'm really enjoying bringing speed back on the table. Super, super, super excited about that. Okay. So goal number one was I am working on becoming a morning runner again on my terms, healed girl terms. Rule number two um, or, or goal number two is I'm adding back speed work into my training. And I'm working obviously on my self-talk around that, not beating myself up if I'm not hitting paces I used to be able to hit. And then goal number three has really been working, is really going to be, I haven't really gotten a chance to work on this yet, um, is to work on my nutrition. So I, um, when I first started marathon training, I had a ton of GI issues. I was like miss poop her pants, miss stop in the bushes and poop, like so many issues with GI stuff. 
And I really had to focus on switching the way I was eating. I had to reduce a lot of fiber and sugar alcohols from my diet. Um, back when I was macro counting, that was a big part of my diet that can cause GI distress for all us runners, just so you guys know. And I also had to work on um, what I was fueling with during my run. I was taking MCT oil. I was eating sweet potatoes. I was, um, you know – taking um, honey stinger gels but not drinking any water with them. So I was doing everything wrong (laughs) and it was making me have GI issues. And then also I had to figure out how to add more salt, intra-run salt and sodium to my um, fueling to really fix my GI issues. So I fueled Chicago like a boss. I cannot believe how good I felt after that race. Um, I all my life, all my other marathons I had run, I had severe GI distress and cramping after. And in 2021, when I ran Chicago for the second time, I felt amazing. My husband and I walked all over Chicago. We ate all the things, drank beer, and I felt so good. Um, versus every other marathon I'd ever run, when I was kind of not as familiar with sports nutrition guidelines, I had a lot of issues. So my point being is now that I understand how to correctly hydrate my body with enough intra-run sodium, now that I understand how to take in enough nutrition before my run and during my run, I am really curious about increasing the grams of carbohydrate that I take per hour. So I have been kind of sitting in this place where it's around 40 grams of sugar per hour. That's what I've built myself up to tolerating. And I was kind of telling myself this story um, in 2021 that I can't tolerate more than that because I have a sensitive stomach. And I'm really curious this training cycle to see how true that is. You know, maybe I do have a sensitive stomach. Maybe that is my threshold. However, I can't help but wonder if the reason I have this belief that I have a sensitive stomach is because for most of my running career, remember I started running when I was 13, I was doing everything wrong. And I'm really curious if now that I know how to feel like an athlete, I am super confident in my sports nutrition knowledge, if I actually can teach my gut to tolerate 60, 75, 90 grams of carb per hour and what my performance will do as I actually titrate my nutrition up and get more grams of carb per hour paired with enough sodium and fluid. So I'm like very excited about that. I'm not really running long enough yet to test the waters there, Um, but I did buy some new brands of gel. I I bought the Crank Gel. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it has 37 grams of carb um, per gel and has so- sodium in it as well. I also bought the Science and Sport Beta Fuel, which I think has around 40 or 45 grams of carb in it per gel. And I do want to also try the Awesome Sauce by um, by Spring Energy that has around 45 grams of carb per hour. So I do really want to work on this goal of getting closer to 75 to 90 grams of carb per hour and to see how I do um, when I'm giving my muscles all of the energy, all of the fuel. It's so exciting to me because who can, I used to I used to back in like 2010, 2012, 2015 when I would train for marathons, I would think to myself, why do I want to eat? You know, why do I want to eat one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred calories from sugar? I'm not even enjoying those gels. Like, why would I want to eat all those calories from sugar during my run? I'm not even enjoying them. They don't even taste that good. Um, why would I want to waste those calories, right? 
But that mindset led to me bonking. It led to me having GI distress. It led to me feeling starving and ravenous and binging later on in the evening. Now I'm like, hey, I want to see how strong I can get. I want to see how fast I can get. I want to see what I'm capable of. And the way I can best see what I my potential holds for me is by fueling adequately. I don't want to have limiting beliefs around, I don't want to get fat, quote unquote. I don't want to gain weight, quote unquote. I want to think to myself, if my body wants to gain weight and I get to see what I'm capable of in terms of sticking to this training plan and doing my nutrition right and taking my rest days and sleeping enough and doing all the things, what can my body do, right? Like I am so excited to tap into the sports nutrition piece this time around. In uh, 2021, I kind of played it safe. I had this limiting belief that I have sensitive stomach um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. So Definitely make sure you're following me on Instagram if you're excited to hear about that journey because I've been posting vlogs, uh, video blogs every week to my reels and it's been really fun to document the journey. Okay, let's see. So those are my top three goals this training cycle. However, I do also kind of have this fourth goal and I feel like this is everyone's goal every training cycle. It's really not that unique or special or exciting, but I do want to stay very consistent with my foam rolling and my strength training. I have been using the Peloton app to do um, hip stretches once or twice a week. I've been using the Peloton app to do the Flash 15. There are these little 15-minute Uh, full body strength sessions and doing those two to three times a week. I really want to see if I can stick with strength training consistently when I just keep my sessions super short and sweet. They're effective. Like I feel sore today after doing one yesterday. So I know they are working. Um, It's just in the past, I've tried to pair marathon training with, you know, these like doing 30, 40 minute strength workouts, you know, two, three times a week. And listen, I don't think that's impossible. I don't think that's extremely unrealistic. However, I do know that I have not stuck with it. (laughs) So I'm being real with myself. If 15 minutes, two to three times a week gets me consistently to the end of my training cycle where I've been working out and doing strength training the entire training cycle, I mean, hello, I would be so proud of myself. I think that might be like the thing I might, might be most proud of myself for. So So those are my goals. Welcome to, you know, my running girl, healed running girl era. I am super excited to be here. I hope I inspire you to enter your healed runner girl era. I would love to hear from you on Instagram at Serena Marie RD. Let me know if you're on this journey with me, if you have something to heal from, some toxic beliefs, some limiting beliefs um, that you're working on this training cycle because I want to do this with you. That is how running is more fun is when you have a friend to be on the journey with you. So don't be shy. Make sure you let me know if you're healing from some um, previous beliefs from previous cycles of training. And I am super, super, super honored to be on this journey with you. Make sure you subscribe and like this podcast on Apple Pod if you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bod. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.